All right, what's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 286, 286. Uh, I'm one of the co-hosts. My name's Steve, and I am here as always with... Ron. And John. <laughs> I don't know why I never... I, I can't help myself, but just to giggle a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just like, with, uh, uh, Ron, uh, uh, and John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you got this, we got this great meter down, you know what I mean? Like, there's this great little tempo to it now. Yeah. There were these uh, these sketches on Mad TV when they'd have like these events happening, and then when it got to your city, it'd be like happening in Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> I was thought that was so funny, man. It feels like that, but not in a bad way. It reminds me of like that. What you just described reminds me. One of my friends uh, lives up in New York, up in Astoria, and whenever I'd go stay with her, we would take the metro in and out of the city, and like. The overhead, like when it comes up to the stops, like it's like the next stop is, and then whenever we get to hers, hers was the Broadway stop, uh, and it'd be like the next stop is Broadway, and it'd be like this like like off tone, like it doesn't match like the other person talking, yeah. Like, but the other but the other ones that were along the route were like the next stop is Queens Boulevard, and like it was like the right tone, but Broadway for some reason was always the one that sounded like. Maybe don't get off there. Like it could be like the the horror movie stop. Yes. But uh, but it was good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, good to see you guys. Always. Hello. You know what's what's going on? Anything new? Before we get into the the news of our show, but like you know the the the, the tidbits. But anything new with you guys personally since last week? Any new uh, pets, John? Any other remodeling? Any any new home news, no, Ronald? Anything no, like that? Nothing. Have, nothing yet. Haven't taken nothing. on any massive projects. Uh, no. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Cool. <clears throat> um, what about you? Are you hending around because you've you've had big changes? Nah, man. Just the same shit, different day. You know, just staying mm. alive. Yeah. Staying alive. Trying to sleep. Staying alive. I was about to say, do you feel yeah. rested? <clears throat> More than usual? No. Less than usual? No. no, dude. I'm like, it's like perpetually just like I can't catch up, man. Oh. We man. did. Aaron and I did have a nice little date night last night. I, I actually stopped by Ronald's house to drop off. A gift for him and Aaron in their for their wedding in their their new home. Yeah, so it was safely very, distanced. Yeah, it was really you know, cool. Socially distanced out on the sidewalk. It was really nice to yeah. see an, another person in person and uh, and have like a normal conversation again. I haven't yeah. seen many of those people. Um, Should have called me. I could have like pulled my car up and like waved <laughs> yeah. to you guys. <laughs> hey guys. Hey. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like you know, we were kind of mentioning it. Um, just based on every circumstance, it's just COVID and everything. Like it, we've really not been able to see people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was it was good to see you, Steve. Thank you for the gifts. Oh now, man, you're welcome. Absolutely. I, I've gotten so into practical gifts, man. Like oh. a, a practical gift will blow my mind. Like somebody could get me like, oh man, I got you this this uh, you know gold necklace with this charm from your birthright or you know anywhere. But then I'll get like a, a blender, yeah, a rack. You get like you get like a, 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 a auto open trash can or something. You know, it's like, it's get like the, out of here. The, the, the just the, the the trash can that, with the foot. Yeah, the just foot not step. even yeah, automatic, and it closes itself nice and slow. Especially Ooh. if the gift that you're talking about comes with like the stamp of approval of another adult who has been like, trust me. Yes. yes, you're gonna be. You try be this. I, I know you've had a hook for your keys before, <laughs> but not like this one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
that man. that's just uh that's consistent with uh you last week talking about like you know being an adult ronald you know? yeah yeah so and what I was just, the practical you, gift was it was it something to do with cable management because that was the conversation <laughs> yesterday I, I no this this is a gift for him and aaron not okay. just for him yeah. not, just for him. <laughs> not just for everyone's eyes <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aaron, Aaron has a nonstick pan, man. And awesome. She—it's she, like one of those pans that's not cheap, and she's just like, don't, 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 don't do that. Don't you gotta let it dry. Don't put it in. A, and Steve got us something to help with that, and she's just like, yes. <laughs> she was so fucking happy to get that, man. She's like, a place to dry this thing is just, yeah. We have more. <laughs> Who'd have thought that's something that simple, right? Like, it's like, that's Change exactly your life. what I need. Yeah. Change your life. I know. You know, we have counter space now, man. So it's like a real big deal. Like, we, yeah. we, we've we always been in this. So when I when Aaron and I really, really fell in love, I was in a small apartment. And I was like, I, I basically looked like I was in a McDonald's kitchen. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like kind of rotating and going to yeah. the state. It, it wasn't yeah. very much space. And um, I'd cook her up all these meals and I, it just brings back this this sense of full circle mm. getting more counter space is such a big deal <laughs> it is a it mark really of status is. like it, you think of the things that actually matter when you're when you're yeah. grown and when you have a home and all that stuff one of yeah. them counter space is like yeah because like you bring in the groceries and you run out of counter space and you're like we're gonna we're gonna put these yeah. other groceries in the table in there. Yeah. I can't put them on the floor. I can't do that in my house. Dogs will yeah, eat the cats groceries. and dogs will mess with it. <laughs> yes. You put it down. Yeah. That's their understanding. Is if it makes it to the ground, they're all like, "We <laughs> all know this is o- this is okay Fair for game. us, right?" Yeah, yeah. It's the five second rule, except the opposite. They're just like, "I'm gonna eat everything that touches." Well, like the- like if 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 in something seconds. gets knocked on the floor, like a like a, we had a, a bag of turkey pepperoni last week that the pets got into, like oh, something like great. that will be on the counter, and one of the cats will come and like psh, just kind of knock it on. On the floor yeah. and then i think it sits on the floor and then they send in one of the cats almost like a like a like a bomb squad to like go yeah. by and be like is this safe is this good you know and then once they see that that's when i'll be down here and i'll just hear like crinkling and it's like oh man. the normal crinkling you would expect to happen from a person good at getting into something and then yeah. it goes on for way too you're like no that's way too much crinkling for <laughs> nobody like gets up in the bag and goes crinkle 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 <laughs> so yeah that's so funny, man. I'm glad. I'm glad. Counter that, space was my point. <laughs> I'm glad that you have some counter space. To, well, so you well can, we don't have enough. And it sounds you like you guys, you guys are smart. You don't have the animals yet. Uh, no, no kids. Uh, enjoy the counter space. You know, you guys yeah. in fact just lay on the counters. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely uh, yeah, going to do that. It. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, man, uh, it's 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 been good. It's been good. My week's been good, and I hope you guys have been good as well. Yeah. So, yeah. What's I, th- I think going into this episode, it's like a very uh, just a good feeling that we've all seen most of the movies that oh, we're going to be talking about man. towards the end. Like we really synced up this week. I think that planning yeah. we talked about last week was pays off. Yep. Yeah. Um, Who knew a plan yeah. would help with what, what doing a, a crazy show? Idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess we're going to hit some things before we get into that. But I mean, I know we usually start at the top with some news items that kind of happened. Between the episodes, uh, you know, when we record them, because unfortunately we kind of missed some and some were a little late to. But what uh, what popped up this week? I know you guys mentioned a few things you wanted to talk about today. So let's start somewhere. Yeah, I guess this is the second part of a, a conversation that we had before about um, Joker, Joker, uh, the Snyder Cuts version of the Joker. So before um, I, you know, I, I, I'd heard some hints that he looked significant significantly different than he did in the previous movie kind of the 
uh, my friend calls him Thugnificent Joker. <laughs> and uh, I just think of him as Trash Joker. <laughs> trash <Yeah>. Joker. <laughs> like Euro uh, Trash, oddly. He Euro- seems like a Euro Trash <laughs> scuzzball villain kind of guy, but yeah. <laughs> But nobody seemed to really like that version of the Joker no, that was in Suicide no, Squad, right? To. But they wanted to. I think we wanted to. We saw him and we were like, okay, he looks different. Let's see if he can perform. Because the trailer, I'm like, eh, he looks terrible, but let's see what happens. And no. Let's see how terrible this really is. <laughs> oh, terrible. It's It was pretty bad. But and you also now, could have cut it out of the movie and it wouldn't have mattered. So that's the other thing true. is I feel like that's Joker the pro- was a, a real problem. Was originally yeah, a much weird. bigger part of that movie. And I think they the fact that they downplayed their Joker just shows you how problematic, and I don't mean in the current you know, politically uh problematic sense. I just mean in terms of like a storytelling yeah. sense. They must not have been that happy with what they had because because he was barely in the movie. Um, yeah. yeah, it just didn't make an impression. And I think that's what we all expected was for a Joker to be like, oh, this is a big deal. They've, they're adding to the, you know, you got Heath Ledger, you got Jack Nicholson. So it's like, okay, who's next? And it really felt mm. like kind of a wet fart when it comes to <laughs> that standard. Yeah, yeah. And now we have a new look. Uh, it's kind of a muted sort of makeup, with, which, which looks to be red, uh, kind of similar to Heath Ledger's Joker. With long hair, longer hair, it doesn't look like it's another color. I've seen a color version where the 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 makeup around his mouth was red, and then the the ones that they've shown on the net are black and white, just muted colors, kind of sitting in a chair, and then one that's very close up. Um, yeah, yeah. It looks like he's he's in what looks like a bloody apron, which is really cool. I think of it as kind of a corn video from 1999 sort of look. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. Like on like people calling like, is this from the Freak on a Leash video? <laughs> like, is this just did somebody just grab this from the 1999 Freak on a Leash music video? Right. MTV uh, whatever all year over that again. was. Yeah. Yeah. I just crazy. I just don't. I mean, we talk about this all the time in this podcast. Like mm-hmm. the Snyder Cut, the Justice League thing. Like I, again, like and I've said it before. I'm interested in seeing it. Just I'm just curious. Right. It's just like. It's just like that car accident you can't look at. You can't not yeah. look at. You know what I mean? You just have mm-hmm. to look. You know, uh, that's about my level of interest. Like, but I'm whatever. It could be cool. But I just like I I don't understand. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it all just feels so late and just like why and uh, like what does that mean that he's like done new stuff for this? And like, mm-hmm. is there any implication for that in the rest of what the DCEU is going to do with Joker or with, I mean like, you know, especially because like suicide squad rolls out and it's like, like you said, John, it was very underperform or he actually performed the, the movie performed well, but I mean like the performance, the, the, the role Jared Leto of it all was kind of like underwhelming rather. And, you know, and then Joaquin Phoenix comes out with Joker and like that's its own thing, a massive hit, huge like movie Oscar nominated kind of thing, Oscar winning thing. And it's just like, like, what do you do with Jared Leto's Joker now? Like, is it just like that was a thing in a movie that they're now remaking that movie as a different thing? But with it's again, this is like consistent for how like screwed up the DC thing feels, but. I mean, I, I in general kind of like Jared Leto. He's kind of like we talked last time. He's kind of like an odd guy and kind of goes for it sometimes. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But um, I just don't really know what what this offers. That's anything. It doesn't seem like it offers anything new. Where at least whether you liked what is what what he was going to be like in Suicide Squad, like 
it did seem like it was something different, something new. And that's the only positive thing you can probably say about it, which was just the expectation that it could be something that it wasn't. But this doesn't, uh, you know, it just seems like you said, like a little bit of Heath Ledger, a little bit of Joaquin. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't really, I don't know what the impact of this would be outside of maybe there's a scene in this movie that he's in also. Yeah. And that just is a part of, I guess, the problem of it all. But I don't know. Um. It does feel like a cul-de-sac, you know, like right, this is exactly. going to exist to, to support itself and to reward the people that waited for it and to give HBO Max some some content. I know right. people bristle at that overuse of the word content, but that's what all, everything is now. It <laughs> you is, know? yeah. And so it's I'm like... all about it, yeah. So it's like, I don't know, I agree with you. I, I don't know what the plan is like. You wonder if it's some huge, beautifully received thing, if they're going to start spinning off this kind of else world. DC universe thing with whatever the yeah. Zack Snyder universe was, but they've backed away from that so much. Um, yeah. It really feels like, I mean, we've talked about, it. we don't need to belabor that point of just how seemingly confused they are about what they want to do. <clears throat> I think the main thing DC can do that's cool is have different versions of characters and different interpretations going on at the yeah. same time and not try to make them all add up. But there's a difference between doing that with a sort of elegance and a kind of plan for doing that and yeah. and just throwing stuff at the wall furiously to see what sticks, which kind of feels like where they're at, you know? But at the same time, yeah. like you said, I'm interested, I'm curious. It's, it's definitely going to be like just from a, a filmic sense, like a historical sense, this is an interesting thing. Um, this is a movie that no one really liked that much, though. Normally, when we get like the new version of a movie, it's right. like some beloved classic. This is a movie that's like getting a second chance at bat in this new form. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I don't even know if they know what their plan is, Steve, for like, oh, what if people love this Joker? What does what does that mean? What does that right. mean? Right. Yeah. I don't I don't, don't want to feel like the best version of a multiverse and all that stuff was a CW mini series that they did <laughs> split between a bunch of shows that are kind of okay you know that's crazy i i know that dc beat marvel to the punch with the marvel up uh, with the multiverse and it's a thing that's existed they've promised it for years yeah and it's happening it's so weird to see two happening at the same time one not being done as well and coming in late and still pulling it off in a way. Like, look, let's be honest. The whole thing that happened with WandaVision is a marketing ploy. It is. But I like to be treated well when I'm being manipulated. You know? <laughs> I want to be, give me a warm towel. You know? Mm-hmm. Don't treat me terribly if you're going to do this to me. Because, look, we're being sold a product. Mar- as yeah. much as people rant and rave about Marvel, you are buying a product that someone is hand crafted for you and you're buying into whatever they've pitched to you but i don't feel so used when i watch dc stuff i feel used i feel like (laughs) man i'm gonna try to do this and then i'm like no i got betrayed again again and again and some of the stuff is good you know but i'm just saying like you're like this towel's cold this towel is cold and wonder woman 1984 was crazy (laughs) that was a cold towel to the face (laughs) that was a cold towel (laughs) So yeah, man, so strange. 
So uh, speaking of multiverse stuff, mm. I, I guess we, when we get to the very end of this episode, we should speak for a few minutes about what happened on WandaVision last week. But maybe we should save it till the sure. very end, just because I'm, yeah. I have a couple quick questions yeah. for you guys about that. Yeah, but absolutely. I don't think we're going to give a whole segment to WandaVision this week because we, we have so much to cover. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I did think bridging from D.C. I mean, we're talking about the Zack Snyder troubles on uh, on Justice League. The other director of Justice League can't stay out of trouble these days either. The guy who came in to save the movie when Zack Snyder had to leave, Joss Whedon, we've talked about this already with uh, Ray Fisher, um, uh, who has a lot of awful things to say about working with Joss Whedon on the on the original or the second attempt, <laughs> I yeah. guess you'll call that, yeah. at making Justice League. Um, today, I guess it was today, Charisma Carpenter, an actress who was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, which are like the two shows that kind of define the Joss Whedon brand. She's always had a, a relationship with him that sounds very thorny and tricky about the way he treated her after she got pregnant. Um, and as he said, jeopardizing the show. I felt like I knew that before. I don't think it ever yeah. made him sound very good. Uh, she always kind of played it off like like she would still work with him, but it was a hard time and all that. But I think for her, seeing Ray Fisher go through what he's going through, not only telling his story, but being sort of, uh, let's say, doubted or at least not supported by the by the studios, you know, by the by the but the people that could help with that problem. Yeah. I th it yeah. seems like it may have triggered something with Charisma Carpenter. And she shared something on Twitter today that was just, we've all read it. It was really heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's not so much like, what do we do with this Joss Whedon fellow? I know Ronald and I, we were talking about uh, in our little text thread before this about the extent to which he's already kind of on the way out. I think he yeah. is kind of in the soft on the way out. You're saying the public punishment hasn't happened. I agree with that. But I do think it's interesting that there has not been one good news item about that guy in like six months or something every story yeah. is him leaving a project or or something like that which again i'm not i'm not by any means suggesting that that is sufficient consequence for what he's being accused of but i also think that it's that weird thing of when someone becomes toxic you can kind of see people backing yeah. away from him the people that would normally be giving him super high profile jobs which is what you would expect him to be doing right now would be signing on to do some big thing in fact the big thing he was signed on to do which was running an hbo series he has stepped away from um which again it felt very queasy like this is all surrounding this ray fisher thing like this is in advance of something even worse coming down the pike i don't know um uh, those are my feelings. What do you guys think about the Joss Whedon situation as it develops? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I've kind of said stuff about this before in the past, but I think sometimes when it comes to people getting in trouble, studios can be very picky about who they choose to make statements about or who who they allow to say uh, to say things. Um, I think about what happened with Jason Mitchell um, from The Shy and all the the back lash for that which was awful stuff he he spoke poorly to people he treated people poorly and this sounds kind of on the same level to me um if not worse um than some of the things that i was hearing about jason mitchell so that that bothers me a little bit all i would like the studio to do is say something along the lines of you know this sort of behavior will not be tolerated i'm not and that is something that's and by the soft exit, you mean that nobody from the studio confirms or denies this 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 allegation, which leaves somebody kind of scot-free to, to go to another place and this other place justifying hiring him because there hasn't been any public um, 
sort of da- damning of a person. Right. There hasn't been a downside to to aligning yourself with him. Yeah, I think, which no I think downside. has to happen yeah. when this sort yeah. of figure gets pushed out. Right. That's all. That's no. all. You know, it, especially if it's this kind of thing. This this man has is trivialized this woman's pregnancy. Uh, you know, making jokes about abortions in front of people like uh, just if that's your humor that you have with somebody that's one thing but it changes the context when you say it in front of people you know yeah and him doing that to her whether they're alone or in a group is just wrong wrong and he keeps getting in trouble and he keeps getting away with it we keep hearing these things bubble up about him i don't understand what does it take what does he have to do just because you like buffy doesn't mean you should let that man go like it's okay you know, right, and you can st- you can, and you can still like Buffy. Yeah. You know, I mean, in, in my opinion, because yeah. he's not the only I, part, you know, of that show. Like, it may yeah. be something that he kind of created or was like a showrunner for, or whatever. But you know, charisma, you know, Sarah Michelle, like everybody that was involved with that show. Like, there's other parts, and everybody behind the camera. Like, there's a there's a a sum of of, of people, you know, that really kind of put everything into that show or Angel or whatever you want to pick, but. I think ultimately it, it just is the same the same thing over and over again, which is that, you know, it takes a lot for somebody to say something, you know, and Ray Fisher is like, you know, it's like you, you, you have to weigh this thing out of like, you know, by speaking out or being a whistleblower, you're risking like never working again, you know, and that's just not okay. And, you know, you have to be, you have to be more comfortable. You have to have more insulation in the industry, in your team and, and whatever it is that it, it should be okay to have those conversations. And I mean, and I think the big thing with her statement is that, you know, that she was a part of the investigation that Warner Brothers yes. you know, put out and that she participated in the interviews right. and, you know, didn't say anything during those times. I don't know if there were like NDAs or things like that or little like periods that she couldn't speak about it. But, you know, I think it does come to a point where you do see someone like him. And if you believe what he says and I think I do and I think a lot of people do even people that are involved in Justice League have come out and supported him like it's not like a one-off like there's a lot of people substantiating what he's saying except for the studio and that seems fishy to me and that's what's concerning me about the whole thing and I'm in line with what you're saying is that like you know you want to see the studio say you know we don't condone this or this won't be tolerated you know and they're trying to say that in some actions by like doing an investigation or and there may be some people that really you know, and he's released stuff like interview, you know, audio footage with like some of the interviewers that were running the investigation who absolutely substantiate what he is saying. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, the studio does what they want to do. And, you know, he's no longer in the Flash movie. And, right. you know, things like that happen, which just seems absolutely ridiculous. And well, you can it, picture Charisma you know, Carpenter reacting to that, you know, like you can picture her yeah, witnessing absolutely. that and seeing yeah. him and going, you know what? Nobody came to my side either publicly. And it must be. Absolutely. Right. So it really felt like she just had to say something. It makes me wonder if more people are going to say stuff. I think think they will. I think they will. I really do. And I'd be curious who it is. Sarah Michelle. Is this not Sarah Michelle Geller? Yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller? She said something. Yeah. Yeah, she said something. She said basically she doesn't want her her, uh, legacy attached to his name. Like she like recently put that on um, Instagram. So hmm. I, it, it's people are doing it in their own way. And I think that if Sarah Michelle Geller speaks up, Charisma has spoken up. I think, man, I think they're like, OK, these are the people that have Angel, Star of Angel and Buffy, Star of Buffy. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to yeah. start. People are going to start saying more because it was a, you know, people that work with him the most. And I feel like at some point. 
I don't know. And I'm not look. I'm not saying that he should never work again. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah. if this if <laughs> Ray if he Ray can Fisher, fuck off and be fine, you know. I but, mean, at this point, I, I'm not worried about Joss Whedon. Yeah, you know what I mean, though. Like, no, you I know what you're saying, though. We're, we're addressing the 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 block of time that existed through Ray Fisher's experience, and then if somebody wants to chime in and said, "Hey, this happened to me as well." So what? You might say yeah. we're trying to punish him for crimes he committed while in office, you know, and he's no longer in office, but it's still yeah. important to reach back into the past and say, you absolutely. Know. Even if you have to have a Hollywood produced sort of, uh, yeah. you know, highlight reel of everything happening, you know, mm -hmm. well, I think the other thing that makes this so, so sick, sickening, I guess, is that Joss Whedon was this guy that you were sort of rooting for. And when he made it to this big success with the Marvel thing when he directed Avengers and everybody was saying Joss Whedon, Joss Whedon. And his kind of style became the imprint for a lot of the Marvel comedy. You know, it was like a, a big yeah. thing. Those one-liners were, were a big part of what made those movies fun for people. And, and and going back to Buffy, the fact that he had these sort of feminist credentials and people were talking about him, how bold and great it was that he had this kind of character. Yes. You yes. know, the show centered on this kind of character and all this stuff. I feel like that's another part of it is that it feels like we were, we were hoodwinked in a sense by some somebody who we thought was was smart and cool and he may have been you know smart and evil <laughs> or smart and manipulative or smart and shitty and i think that yeah. those are things that are harder to root for um and it does taint things like buffy and angel and you know i've i every now and then in my course of trying to get interviews with people i will find like somebody who oh this is a big star but this person played on a couple of their albums back in the day maybe i can get them and i can find out you know if they have stories about and I, i'll do that i'll try and you can find sometimes people who had like a little bit of an encounter or a past encounter with somebody who's like a big name they don't mm -hmm. want to talk about it and a lot of times you get the sense that like something's something went down there that they don't want to say publicly oh. but that there's a reason why they don't work with that person anymore and like david varianas yeah, yeah. who played angel he's always very cagey and uh, you know he, he doesn't want to play angel again ever you know and you wonder yeah. does that have to do with oh because i've aged and the character's supposed to be a vampire who doesn't age or is that mm. just a nice excuse that gets him out of having to say joss whedon is a fucking asshole you know yeah. and you start to get a sense of that over the over time look at someone's career and look at like they're not building a repertoire uh, of uh or a repertory i guess theater of like actors that like regular stick yeah. with them i mean he does have that at different points in his career but i'm just saying i think you can see that there might be a kind of a theme there that joss whedon is kind of a man alone in a lot of ways and that's because maybe he burns bridges maybe you know like maybe tantrums and shit i could see again just seeing the way the guy comes off in interviews he seems kind of prickly and smug and if you love him oh that's because of how funny and snarky he is but if you hear this shit you go well maybe that's kind of masking a really uh you know a really ugly a thing problem yeah that's rough, man. We'll have to see if anybody else. I mean, I, I, I would bet that more people start coming and speaking out a little more about this. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious who. Um, switching gears a little bit. The, the, the one news item that I wanted to mention, I, I think I sent you guys before, was um, just like the conf It kind of was rumored for a while back when Disney acquired 20th Century Fox. Mm. But um, I think yesterday it kind of was made official that they've decided that as of April of this year, that blue sky is going to be closing and mm -hmm. that includes you know i think there's there was a movie that was in production um there called nimona N nimona yeah nimona that they basically have stopped production on it won't be coming out at all um wow. yeah and i believe there was um like i think over 450 employees that work there that 
Oof. You know, either won't have a job or they're trying. One of the articles said that they're trying to like see if there's other internal divisions in Disney to you know re re kind of direct them to. But you know, you got to believe a lot of people are going to be out of a job. Um, but also just another studio, another you know creator of you know these animated movies. They're most known for like the Ice Age films, which is a pretty huge franchise. Um, and I think there's even an Ice Age series coming still to Disney Plus that um, either was done or is done, or work, almost done. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like a, you know, one of those things you're wondering when this Disney thing happened is that, you know, a lot some of the Fox subsidiaries that they had, like their animation arms and things like that, um, what, what was going to happen? And, th- you know, here's a casualty of it, unfortunately. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's definitely not good to hear. But I, I really hope that uh, those employees and those creators kind of maybe find a place in Disney to kind of still make the things that they would maybe be making under blue, big, um, under blue sky, uh, maybe through Pixar or Walt Disney animation. But, um, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what's your feeling on that? Any, any, any feedback on that? Um, I never want to see anybody be out of work as, uh, you know, creatives. Um, you know, I, I watched the first ice age and, and thought it was really good. Um, and, I've heard that everyone since has been really good as well, and some spinoffs as well, shorts and things that yeah. that have followed. And I think that you know it's it's a little sad to hear that a studio is completely going to be because there's overlap, obviously, right? The, sure. they, yeah. These are competing sort of situations, but I hope that they keep them working. I hope that, but it, it's not looking like it. It's not looking you like know- it. Not four hundred. And you also like think about like how much did the I mean, a lot, I think, but like the whole pandemic play into this, because like it seems like there was an intention to try to keep it all going, especially because like they had movies, a movie specifically that was a big title for this studio in production um, that just got stopped. You know, I think they said it still had like 10 months left of production. And, you know, it's like, but I mean, animated movie notes, it is. It, it, well, it's, no, no, you're right. It's yeah. not much more, but I'm saying a year well, into their, the pandemic, yeah, and you're just like, how much is this going to float? Yeah. You know, you're just like, well, their priority is probably Pixar and the Walt Disney animation that's stuff. So, right, that's not close know, enough yeah. to finish to yeah, like push exactly. through. I mean, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's a good point. <clears throat> Dang. No, it's um, sad. It's sad. I mean, it's just yeah. because people losing their jobs, and this is the underbelly of that whole Disney Fox merger uh, that people talked about. And again, I, I, I'll admit, I'm one of the people who thinks about the IP sometimes and thinks about what that means to have, you know, the X Men and the Fantastic Four under the other roof, and even some other stuff, other Fox properties. Like, I'm real excited about this uh, FX Alien series that Noah Hawley is making, and that's kind of technically a Disney franchise now too you know so i I don't know i feel like they do want to keep the doors open of some of these things they've acquired so that the optics aren't just them devouring everything and putting a disney logo in front of everything um but i don't doubt that this was an inevitable thing honestly i feel like maybe they would have maybe if pneumonia or whatever it's called would have if it had been like a huge hit maybe disney would have figured out some way to like oh this is what kind of project we will use this shingle to produce or this is how we'll you know it's it's another level of animation for them or another style thing like we can put out something a little more irreverent or i don't know whatever they would do um but in the end, I I feel like this is just like, in the you know it's all Disney now. We're all with this top. This podcast is now Disney. I just you know I, it, everything's getting taken over. So, um, <laughs> I think I, it doesn't surprise me in a way, but it also does feel like yeah, that's a bummer when you talk about the four hundred and fifty people losing their jobs. Yeah. Like that right there is like boom. There's the 
that's the ugly truth you can't get away from about that situation. It's a it's a headline Absolutely. that means that. And you think about each one of us having a household, you know, that's yeah. possibly 450 households where people are right now going, what the fuck? Um, yeah. And that's, that's really sad. It's really sad. It is, man. Yeah. Well, best of luck to them. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope Hopefully that they find a place somewhere else in Disney or maybe somewhere else. Um, yeah. I didn't have any other news <coughs> I wanted to mention before we get into the reviews. Is there anything else you guys want to throw out real quick? No, I don't have any other total bummers to bring up. What about you, Rob? No. I'll actually I'll, I'll add one more thing I just saw before we recorded. This is a little more positive, I guess. But uh, Lord and Miller announced that they're going to be bringing back uh, Clone High, which is a series I oh, fucking wow. love. Um, that Where's I, that I actually to? have. It's going HBO Max. They've ordered uh, two seasons of it, which uh, is yeah, very. That's I love really that cool. Show. If, you, yeah. if you've never seen it, anybody out there, um, highly recommend it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know when. I, I didn't see like the dates on it or anything like that. But hopefully, it's soon because I would love to see more of uh, of that show. But Nothing just, stays I gone. Nothing stays gone anymore. I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you're talking like IP. You know, it's like, what do you own? Well, yeah. we got rights to Clone High, <laughs> and uh, two season order for it. So I mean, I don't know, man. I love that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That movie, that that show was so funny when it came out. I loved it. It was. Is. Still yeah, is. Yeah. 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 I would say I, I actually I, I have that 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 first season of it and or well, the first volume. However, they broke it out. Um, but uh, anybody not familiar with it, it's basically like a high school rom-com drum of like clones of like historical figures, you know, and it's just, <laughs> it's fucking funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's a little more positive. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Cool. So getting into the feature reviews this week, um, I guess the, the, I don't know where you guys want to start. We didn't really decide that, but there's two kind of... Uh, releases that come out this week that we, we were able to see before um, release to kind of be able to re- review on the podcast on the day of release. We got that we were able to see Judas and the Black Messiah and very similar films. Barbara <laughs> Star go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> yeah. So it's a great double feature. I just feature. thought about this. If it was, if you switch those two movies and it was, uh, you know, Judas and the Black Messiah go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then a searing drama about the betrayal between Barb and Star. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. T- could almost couldn't be two more different films. So in a weird yeah, way, right. for for your movie diet this week, there's a couple of yeah. legitimate choices. You know, this yeah. is a <clears throat> this isn't Coke or Pepsi. This is something stronger. Yeah, yeah. Barb and yeah. Star. Let's talk about that first. If you're go okay for it. Um, Bob and Bar- Barb and Star. Bob and Star. Bob and Star. Bob and Star. It is a movie. It's right. So far, we agree. By Chris, we are Wiig. on a good roll. <laughs> it's it's a, it's an out there comedy about two women that are living in uh, Middle America that decide that they want <laughs> they want to visit a space in Florida that is known for beautiful men and great food and great hotels, and it is one of the wildest movies. I think that I've seen in a while. It's kind of, it feels like one of those, you know, we kind of talked about this, one of those SNL movies from yeah, totally. the late 90s, early 2000s. It's it's really out there and it's fun and you will not see anything like this. What do you, what'd you guys think about it? Steve? Um, I basically agree with you. I mean, that's what we were talking, when I stopped to see Ronald, I was like, we were mentioned it because we just both watched it. And, uh, it did. It, it did. The first thing I thought of was like it felt like those, 
you know, these SNL characters that kind of got their own movie with just enough there to get to an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. And, you know, a couple kind of zany sequences and a couple really solid good jokes. Um, But, you know, just more of like a a springboard for like, you know, a star of the show or a star in the comedy world to kind of do these crazy characters. But um, but I know I I thought it was kind of fun. I mean, it's definitely silly and it's not like. You know, you you can you know what's going on. Like you watch like a minute of the uh, half of the trailer, whatever it is, um, and you know what you're getting in for. But uh, you know, it's silly, it's fun. I mean, like you know, if you, sometimes you just want that, and I think this kind of delivers. You know, from front to back, it's kind of at least consistent with how out there it is. And um, I mentioned the movie Synchronic last week, which Jamie Dornan was in. Who is he's really good in that movie, which I in general really am not a huge fan of his. Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception of that Netflix series he did, I think called like The Fall, mm. with uh, Gillian Anderson, or Gillian Anderson. But um, so seeing that last week and then seeing him in this this week again, the opposite kind of role. Yeah. I was like, okay, like I kind of I kind of liked him in both of these movies, and I thought he was actually pretty good in this and pretty funny. Yeah. And uh, he's got like a musical number that he just totally commits to, and I was <laughs> fucking laughing hard. Yes. Like it is funny. Uh, and Aaron kind of walked in and out as I was watching it, and, and she like genuinely was like, "What is this? This looks ridiculous. I want to watch this with you again." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, we will," because I think she would really enjoy it. So, you know, I I I thought it was fun, man. I would That's I would true. recommend it. It's it's super silly and it's got its moments, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny though. Well, what I mean, about s- John? What do you think of it, man? Silly is the word here, you know, and silly yeah, is absolutely. silly is silly to me is a state of. Uh, I don't know a state of grace. Silliness is 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 transcendence, in my opinion. Like comedic silliness, yeah. true silliness. When they manage to deliver that to you, they they paid people to light a scene. They they hired extras. They had catering. They had crane shots. They have all this, and what they're delivering to you is something so stupid. You know, I, I find I think there's I think it's glorious. And so many of my sure. favorite things are silly. And like when something can manage to be that silly, I, I was thinking of so many different movies while watching this. I was thinking of stuff like, you know, the Pee Wee Herman or Brigsby Bear. Yeah. Anytime where you have like this unlikely weird character at the center of something and the world kind of bends to them. In these movies, you have a difference. Like, are they in the real world or are they in kind of a silly world? Well, in this case, they're in a very silly world. Like right from the beginning, this movie shows you that it's it's not trying to do anything remotely grounded, like from a storytelling standpoint. It, it could have been a mild comedy about these two middle-aged women who go to this resort and that would have been enough. But it right from the start shows you that there's like villains <laughs> and like <laughs> plots. It's ridiculous. Um, you've yeah. mentioned Jamie Dornan, who I also have no like, he's a total flatline for me. Yeah. I love that he was playing this kind of like emo ingenue hero kind of guy. Like he's yeah. he's the soft emotional one. And that might sound like like gender flipping, but it's not. It's 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 more clever than that somehow. But by being yeah. dumber than that. And yeah, like Kristen Wiig and her uh, co-star, who is actually her co-writer on Bridesmaids. So it's not someone who I think of uh, as a face I've seen all over the place, but I think she has popped up in things. But it's Annie Mumolo or Mumolo? Mumolo, yeah. Mumolo. She's the co-writer of Bridesmaids. They co-wrote this together. It kind of feels like uh, this is Kristen Wiig saying, I want to make a movie 
like maybe this is a friend of hers. She bounces off really well. I want to make a movie yeah. with this person. So in a sense, it's Kristen Wiig kind of like not starring opposite Amy Poehler or or Maya Rudolph or someone you might expect, but someone yeah. like that's coming up. Like she's taking the hand of her screenwriting friend, her and saying like I'm going to put you opposite me or I want to do something with you. So you have like that. That's a fun friendship. But um right. But I do think there's I mean I'm, one day I will never have to say this, but I think that seeing women get to make a movie like this is part of what's refreshing about it and part of what I like so much about it is that it is like like if this was if this was John C. Riley and Will Ferrell, you wouldn't even blink at this movie existing. But right. the fact that yeah. it's it's two women and that it is this silly and that it does not tr have to try to deliver I don't know, whatever chick flick cliche. I mean, I say that, I even hate saying that phrase, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I think that yeah. like, it's great to see an anarchic, silly movie like this that's totally disposable. And you might walk in and out of the room, maybe the way Aaron saw it is the best way to see it, Steve, because there's just isolated jokes. You might not <laughs> want to hang out for 106 minutes in a row yeah, with yeah, this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. It might be a little flabby. It might be a little messy. It might be a little like, like have laggy spots. But when it has one of those moments, it's just like one of those, you know, in a Wayne's World movie, there might be laggy spots, but then there'll be that totally. golden moment. And I, I don't know that this quite, I will have to see if people latch onto it. But I do think this movie has moment like inspired silliness uh, yeah. that there are moments of of that kind of glory I'm talking about where it's just like you can't have this moment if you didn't spend 45 minutes setting up this ridiculous conversation that these two characters are having. And you only yeah. get to have that. And Kristen Wiig, too, if you like her comedic energy, this is her getting to do. Again, I just feel like that hasn't happened that often that a female sketch performer is able to sort of export her her qualities and imprint them onto a movie the like the way that we've seen tons of male sketch performers do i think that that's that is still worth mentioning and like i said hopefully one day i won't even mention the gender of it all but yeah. that is a part of yeah. what makes barb and star fun is that it is it's great they're making fun of a particular kind of frumpy middle-aged uh you know yes. heart of america woman we've all known this woman they're all delights they're all super sweet and yet super kind of like sheltered i don't yeah. know it's it's just so like one of the funniest things in the movie is right in the beginning in the opening credits they're doing this little subtle grooving and it's like it shows a close-up of their hands kind of like patting their knee while they're listening to a song <laughs> to me that says everything you need to know about these ladies they're so restrained yeah. and yet there's something so larger than life inside them and i i think that yeah. is actually well observed even though like we said yeah. what the movie does with them is not of this earth it's bad the the constant boob humor in that movie cracked me up the tit the tits flapping thing i think i've been thinking about since it's i so saw stupid. the movie it's like it's it's tit flapping it's, <laughs> and the guy warns them before they get on the it's it's so good man and it doesn't feel like yeah if this is if this is what happens when you let a woman make an incredible movie just hands off don't interfere let people see their own vision and this is what comes out every every offering that i've seen this year from rebecca hall's passing to you know let women make shit that's all i want to say let just to be them... clear a man directed this film i, I don't want to yeah. go too far here yeah, well yeah you know what i mean though yeah. like right but, but they are the... obviously the driving force yeah, it feels like, yes. like right yeah. you know, by that. Gl gloria sanchez is his production you know and you know, I, the guy that directed it, I, I, I recognize his name from the uh, Dana Carvey documentary, the, the two something to fail that came out a couple years ago. Too oh, funny yeah, to yeah, fail. yeah. Too, um, funny. too funny to fail. He's yeah. done a lot of television, too. Yeah. Yeah. He did this something for Hulu. I saw behind the mask. There was like a documentary about like mascots. But 
Yeah, but I totally agree with you guys. Like, it's just like, you know, you think about when we were talking about, like, the SNL movies that came out, like, how many of them were, like, the female, you know, stars of the show? The only one that comes to mind is, like, Superstar, you know, Molly Shannon, right. who who was a star and is a star. It's Pat. But, I, I mean, like, this... Yeah, it's Pat. Yeah, sure. And I don't know. What else? That, I mean... And yeah. then you could just go off with all the other ones, like you're saying. Yeah. All the other male characters. But, um... Yeah, I don't know, man. I definitely would recommend checking it out. I mean, it's coming out on video on demand, so it'll be on all the platforms. It's not coming out in theaters. It's only for digital release, um, interestingly. But, you know, so if you're looking for something funny this weekend or you're a fan of Kristen Wiig or these kind of over-the-top, like, you you know, just non-realistic, like, crazy, silly comedies, there's probably something in this for you. And uh, I, I definitely was surprised how much I enjoyed it and uh, how funny I found certain parts of it. So, um... Yeah, definitely recommend that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, recommend checking that one out. Uh, yeah, you will next? find uh, like five moments that you like. You, even if you don't like the oh, movie, easily. I think you'll get like yeah. five yeah. laughs out of it. Like I don't, Absolutely. I honestly don't know how I feel about the movie. I just think it's it. Yeah, it was kind of what I needed when I saw it. It was very easy to watch, and like again, if you're and it's the kind of thing is like, what are you? What do you? What? What? It's like, and it's the kind of thing though where you're like, what? What do I really need to feel about this movie? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like. <laughs> It's just like so silly, you know? It's just like, ah, this was an hour and 40 minutes of just like sporadic laughing and watching something that is completely, you know, out there, original, like, and, you know, just like somebody saying something. I don't know, which you don't really see a whole lot, but. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, what else? What else? So, so the big one that we're going to talk about, I, I think that um, probably is a movie that'll be coming up a lot over the next couple of months, um, hopefully. Uh, is the Warner Brothers slash, you know, HBO Max day and date release uh, this Friday today as you're listening to this of uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which we were super excited to be able to check out. Um, I'm really glad that, you know, we got the screeners in time. And I know, uh, Ronald, you did that screening last week just to make sure that somebody saw it from the podcast. But we all got to check it out. And who wants to start? Ronald? John, oh, John, stuff first. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I believe you said this when you'd seen it before we had seen it, Ronald. You said so good, and then you, after that, said intensely good. I, I, I agree with both of those uh, statements. I think the intense is the key word here. Like, yeah. something about the way this movie yeah. moves was just it carried you off. You know, from the first scene, you're kind of figuring out where you are with this. Lakeith Stanfield plays a character who you, you because of because he's Lakeith. And because even of the circumstances of the movie, you kind of want to root for this guy. You kind of want to like yeah. him, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And what he's doing is, like, not likable. So, like, the the name of the movie kept weighing on me as I was watching it and I was thinking about it and I was watching this thing. And I kept thinking, like, you know, normally in a movie you have that sort of – if you have a relationship between two people and one person's kind of a betrayer, there's mm-hmm. a sort of, like, reckoning with that within the movie. But within this movie, you realize like we're getting closer and closer to the history that I know is true, and and there's no there's no way to wreck. I mean, the yeah, I would say where the movie stumbles a little bit is that it's got like a full like text chapter of stuff you have to read at the end. I often think if that, yeah. that's a sign of a movie that that didn't quite nail its ending moment, but they want to leave they want you to leave this movie with a lot of information. So this movie does end with a lot of text to tell you what happens afterwards. Mm. But as far as what's depicted in the through line of the story, I mean it's heartbreaking and it's one of those like Shakespearean tales of like a betrayal that you can't 
get out from under or a, or a, a thing you can do something that has such repercussions and such consequences that there's no cleaning your hands you know um yeah. i thought lakeith was great i thought daniel kaluuya was um incredible i mean like but I've Not, seen, yeah, I've seen both these guys be great but, before, but I, yeah. I mean, honestly, next level stuff from both of them. Uh, and again, I cannot say enough about just the way the camera moves, the way the scenes feed into each other. It was such an engaging and exciting movie to watch. Um, it sort of has the feel of like a Mobland epic, the way those movies can be so entertaining Definitely. and propulsive. And you get you meet all these colorful characters within this world that again I don't know how historically accurate it is, but um, from what I know of the true the true story, I mean they lead up to what they depict in the end of the movie is something that I've I've seen History Channel specials about and read about, and it seems like they did it pretty historically accurately. But um, man, yeah, I mean it, this one kind of knocked me back, and I was like I was I felt just dirty inside uh, for a little while afterwards because of you know the implications of the story but also that 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 protagonist that guy whose whose shoulder you're on for the whole movie man he's 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 doing something unforgivable and i find that to be like yeah th that makes me so nervous watching a movie when there's like a lie you know and it's at yeah, the core yeah. of the whole thing and you wonder is yeah. it going to be found out it's infecting everything this guy if the, the closer he gets to these people the more his lie hurts um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, just fantastic. Uh, honestly, I, I would not be surprised to hear people talking about this. Is this for? Is this eligible for Oscars this year? Yeah. Okay, I was yeah. going to say next year, but it only has to last in people's minds for a couple weeks. I think this is going to be one that gets a lot of uh, a lot of talk around that. This is like this. In fact, is one of the first movies I've seen this year that feels like that. That feels like this yes. is a great movie in that in that sense. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and not just like for the Oscar conversation. Like, right. This is just like. It seems like it's checking both sides of this continuum, like where it's like super, you know, powerful, super entertaining. And uh, yeah, but a movie that is just like riddled with just amazing performances, you know, the cinematography, the direction is just really impressive. And yeah, I don't know that I have a lot to add because I just basically agree with everything you said. I think that uh, the, the standout for me really is Daniel Kaluuya. Um, we, we love him. Like, we talk about him a lot. Like, we talked about him, whether it's Get Out, whether it's Widows, whether it's Sicario. Like, mm. dude is just, like, literally getting better and better and better and, like, setting a fucking high bar with everything he's in. And um, I just, like, every every minute, second he's on the screen, you're just, like, you're just, it's a magnet. You just can't stop looking at him. And, like, I, and I was telling Ronald last night, I feel like, I feel like I was, I was like vibrating watching him. Like I felt so tense and so caught up in the scene and just in the story um, and overall in general. But I mean, like, you know, I think his performance, I, I don't know. Like I haven't seen anything this year that even comes close to that level of performance. Um, you know, whether it's a, a lead or supporting, I guess they would fall into supporting. But it's just, um, I really hope he gets you know, at least a nomination. And I, I, I would be, sh I, you know, nothing I've seen even comes close, like for a supporting performance. Uh, he just, his eyes, like his body, like just how committed he is to like this performance is just amazing. And yeah, like he is amazing. Like he's a great actor. Like I feel like both of them, everything they do is like the next best performance, you know, that you'll see from these guys. And I think that's going to continue for both of them. They're like two of the stars that like, you just get super excited for anything that they're involved with. Um, but, oh man, this movie, this movie was 
so good. And I do agree that like it does move kind of like those mob movies move and like this lie that's kind of at the center of this rotating wheel is like it just kind of just you just you just you can like feel it just rotating and like and the lies to maintain the lie, you know, that just kind of spin off of it, just make it more and more tense. And even and even, you know, even Jesse Plemons uh, FBI agent, like his relationship with Lakeith's character um you know their their dynamic and and the lies between them it just yeah man it's just th- this is an amazing movie and you know I, I i can't wait to watch it with aaron again when it comes out you know since we'll, we'll have it on hbo max but i really do hope that you know an audience finds it whether it's there or in theaters but it does feel like one of the first things i've seen this year that feels like you said john like this is like Really, in a lot of categories, like an across-the-board contender for an Oscars, like run for sure. Yeah, um, I think, I think sometimes you know, I I have to think about uh, my life as it as it relates to some of this stuff. And um, I watched a video clip um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, from Amber Ruffin that talked about <laughs> White History Month and how basically there should be a month devoted to telling the truth. And the truth is this. There once was a time where slave patrollers existed that turned into militias, that turned into the Revolutionary Army, that turned into the police, that turned into the Confederate Army, that turned into the KKK, and those became some of the employees of uh, enforcement of some sort. Police enforcement, um, FBI, these these things never had a had a clear cut ending, right? And when you hear conspiracy level things being thrown around, um, uh, like you know, there, there was it was a concerted effort to kill a person, or um, there was a concerted effort to hurt this group of people. Um, that stuff has kind of been left out of the history books, right? And so when you get a story like this, that's like a real tangible proof that you know the FBI made a flyer that was supposed to be written by a group of people that was used to make people fight right and then right, you hear right. stories about you know the bloods and the crips that existed in California actually used to be groups like the Black Panthers that were kind of pitted against each other in the 70s to hurt each other right and then you see this story about this young man that was 21 years old 21 years old. He died when he was 21. So he was fighting and he he believed in equality. He believed in people of all race, shapes and sizes. You know, if if you're fighting for the same things that he's fighting for, that you can fight with me. And I thought that was, you know, I've known it, but and I've actually even seen footage, but to see it in the context of a movie sometimes can do something different for you, for everyone, right? It contextualizes things. And I think that I watched one of the better movies that I've seen in a long time. And I think that sometimes, I think, okay, so Daniel Kaluuya is gonna be the person that we talk about, right? But what I think Lakeith is doing, Mm -hmm. he's two characters in every scene. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I didn't think about until the second time I saw it. Like, it's, it's almost like watching like Scarface. You're like, all right, I know what Scar, I know what happened to Scarface. Now, I'm not comparing him to Scarface, but I'm just saying, like, you know the ending. You know you know that when you start, a friend told you before you watched Scarface what the ending of that movie was going to be. 
every piece of history is like that. It's like, you know, this person is going to die at the end of this story, regardless. You know this story. It's almost like that Star Wars story. You knew that story was in the middle. So those people didn't exist in the end. So how did it happen? Yeah. So when you see this person being two people in a scene all the time, this constant push and pull where you, he, you know, he's just out of sight of somebody and whatever facade he put on, he has to, he's letting out a, a breath of, uh, you know, relief because he had to hide the fact that he knew about all these things happening in the background because he was so involved. He was involved. Yeah. I can't. I can't in good conscience say that Daniel Kaluuya was the best person in this movie because of that. You got a man playing two people. His eyes. And, and like his yeah. eyes in those scenes where it's like you see the pain. You see that yes. he's, str- he's struggling. To, yeah. He has to make a decision early in the movie that affects like everything he does after that. And and Yo. you don't even really see him make that decision. But you, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. No, yeah. I think he's one of my favorite actors period these days Favorite. he just brings such a, a quality and seeing him play different roles and pop up in these different films is so yeah. is so rewarding because he brings such a a different thing to those roles you know does, it's man. like but he's a all, wild card but he's, he's always likable and in this movie yeah. that likability is like is used as a weapon to like you know keep stabbing you in the heart i think because you yeah. do want to you do want to see him find some peace and you want to see yeah. him like and you just realize because of the situation you're seeing depicted, this man can never find peace. Um, I don't know. It's, yeah, super powerful stuff. I agree. We haven't mentioned Dominique Fishback, who plays Dominique Deborah Johnson. Dominique Fishback, so good. She is so good. Her scenes with Daniel Kaluuya, their, their little flirtation and relationship, man, yes. I, I, I very seldom like get like steamy <laughs> from watching a movie like yeah. this, especially yes. because movies like this give like two or three scenes to the romance. Yeah. But man, I felt it. There was a charge between these two people, and there's a scene where they they start quoting a Malcolm X speech together. Um, yeah. Oh God, man, it was so powerful for it that was. reason. But it was also so romantic and so sweet. And when she says, "I didn't know you were shy," and he's like, "I'm not mm-hmm. shy," and they're so close. <laughs> and oh man, he is shy in that moment. He's a sweet boy, and he's with a girl that he likes. I mean, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, him and Fred Hampton, who we haven't said. I don't think that name. Fred Hampton is who Daniel Kaluuya plays. The fact that he's 21, the movie doesn't even make a big deal out of that. But um, you do see his his energy and his his power and that compassion. Like the fact that there's a whole chunk of the story where he's they're working with these good old boys, these rednecks. So yeah, the whole thing about yeah. it being kind of a rainbow coalition. He was all about that, and that's why if you ever hear about Fred Hampton. It will. That's one of those aspects that makes it seem like even this guy couldn't get a foothold. This guy who was like working so hard yeah. to make yeah. it clear this is not, you know, this is not poor people fighting each other. This is yeah. poor people getting together to take down a system that's that's ruining their lives. Um, yeah. So no, but yeah, no, I thought she was fantastic. Uh, the one fantastic. one weak spot I think is Martin Sheen's makeup as J Edgar Hoover. I don't know why they felt the need to. <laughs> Yeah, it was, I just don't it think makeup techniques creepy. have caught up with HD uh, 8K or whatever yet. Uh, yeah. But I like him. I, I thought he was good. And actually, I've been really enjoying Martin Sheen lately because we've been watching Grace and Frankie. And he's great on that. So I don't know. Martin Sheen is right. like an actor who I'm I'm here to appreciate. Um, but he's yeah, great. I wish they didn't saddle him with the bumpy nose. <clears throat> um, I'm super Klingon conflicted look. about this movie. Super conflicted about this movie because I don't want to celebrate the death of a man but i do think these things have to come to the general public's attention and i 
you know how angry I get when somebody says that a movie is timely that has to deal with this because the system is the system is doing what the system was supposed to do, which is oppress and destroy all people that stand in the way of whatever goal it has at the time. And it it is unfortunately destroyed so many people in so many different ways. And somehow this does it in a way that feels so much more real, so much more human. I feel like, I don't know how you guys felt about this, but wasn't there a point once you saw that the movie started, I felt like I was in it. Mm -hmm. Like literally, like I felt like I was a part of the group. Like you felt like when they were in the car, I felt like, you know, you felt like you were friends with them. You felt like. I had that feeling of like, what would I do in this moment that I only get when I'm watching like a a pulse pounding thriller or a horror movie or something like that. I was constantly thinking like, oh, geez, what would you do? You know, how would you handle this? What the hell would you do? Um, And the sad, crazy part about that is what whatever came of the situation and the gentleman that worked for the FBI that consequently did an interview years later and wound up killing himself the next day. He actually killed. He actually attempted suicide a couple of days before that, and then ran out in the traffic and 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 died um, right after doing the the interview that they show in the in the clip. Yeah, and I remember hearing that. I remember hearing about the first. You know, I knew that he killed himself, but I didn't know that like days before he tried to like jump out of a window or something crazy like that. Wow. And then he ran out in the traffic. So I, you know, he must have felt some tremendous guilt once you talked about it he you know you're, you're 10 years removed and they ask you about it and you, and you act as if nothing happened you're like i was just doing what i was doing I, that has to feel nuts man mm-hmm. so well he says yeah. well i'm not going to spoil what he says but something he says in that interview right before they end uh is a is pretty chilling in light of what he's about to go do um yeah. so uh, yeah, so I don't know if it was that he felt guilty all of a sudden after that interview or if maybe that interview felt to him like a chance to like put a cap on things yes. before or redeem it. doing yeah. this other Ooh. thing. Yeah. But either way, it's super dark. Crazy. It's super dark because that's exactly what you're hoping for not to happen. The th- even with the betrayal, Lakeith's character, you're watching the whole movie thinking like, like I said, I hope yeah. this guy can find some equilibrium or something because he's a victim of the system in a different way he just had a long long death you know uh yeah yeah and and if you do know the history of what happens to fred hampton i will say that scene is one of the most horrifying scenes i've seen in in years i think i mean honestly the way it's shot everything about it it's designed to make you feel discombobulated and powerless um and confused and yeah it's uh yeah, it's great. This movie was fantastic. I mean, honestly, I it, I agree really with you, is. Steve. It's like I, I would watch it again, which normally is not something I say after this kind of intense, like put you through the yeah. ringer type of movie. But there's so much good filmmaking and so much good acting. And um, I do think I know what you're saying, Ronald, about it being a horrible story um, that you almost don't want to say positive things about. But yeah. I do think there's some power gained in presenting the story in this way because this movie is completely unequivocal about the yeah. things that we are only now beginning to grapple with and if anybody says this movie is timely i think that's what they're talking about is that now people are talking about white yeah. supremacy and systemic racism and things that people didn't use those words just a few years ago so i do think this feels current in that way but is it is it current in the sense that it's saying something new about something new no it's 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of the same old song it's just a really good version yeah, really, really yeah. good version. <laughs> um, yeah, so good. Um, that's yeah. So that that is out 
today. If you if that if you did not know about this movie and you want to check it out, it's in theaters. It's on HBO Max. We all highly, I think, I, I, Ronald, you would recommend it, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah we, we. This is definitely like an around the, around the uh, horn, like recommend for movies. Movie. This is a must see movie. Um, yeah. What else? Anything else you guys want to bring up? Talk about quickly. One throw out division. One <laughs> division. I just want to say, like, what's okay. If you haven't watched WandaVision or if you care about WandaVision spoilers, uh, go watch last week's episode <laughs> and then come back to this moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to spoil last week's WandaVision. Um, Evan Peters, I just have one big question. Like, what does this mean? Like, I know that we, the audience, know that Evan Peters has shown up on WandaVision playing the same character, Quicksilver, that in this MCU was played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um so having it's it's like it hints at a multiverse thing. But if you start to think about what that actually means for the MCU, it feels like it's like I don't picture them wanting to introduce X-Men characters from the other movies. You know what I mean? I don't picture them wanting to do it this way. So there's yes, something else right. going on than just this is the beginning of a whole multiverse. And now we're going to see Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman. I, I think they want to I think they want to do their own rollout and their own casting and all that for these characters. So what does this mean that Evan Peters is basically playing the seemingly playing Quicksilver in this? But it's the version from the, the Fox X-Men films. Uh, yeah. Did, what, what does that say to you about about the universe? <laughs> I think. I think this is not a real person. I don't think this is her brother as she knows him. And I think that she's... So I think that... I have a theory that the town is a training ground. And I think that whoever is manipulating her is teaching her how to do things. How to reanimate things. How to create babies on the fly. How to do all this stuff. And I think one of the things that she's going to be manipulating manipulated into doing is ripping open the universe. I think the idea that this is her brother it, and it's him from another universe or multiverse is a manipulation to get her to to actually access another universe. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a training ground. And I think that Agnes is the person that is is controlling her and getting her to get to gain the ability to do these things. I think that's what this was always. The, the, the town has always been a training ground. And Agnes is the kind of conductor. Hmm. Yeah. And Agnes, if, if you're listening and you don't know the character's names, that's the Catherine Hahn character who's always yeah. popping up, um, who seems like she's a victim of the same thing the other denizens of Westview are victims of. But you're right. It could be like setting this, laying the seeds for a big reveal that she's she. I do think there's more to her than we are seeing for sure. It's I have not yet decided. I, I don't really have a theory. What about you, Steve? Do you have like a unifying theory of of what that all means? Even what Ronald just Not said really. makes sense to me, but I don't know what it means. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I've seen, I've yeah, I've read a couple of different theories. Like that's a pretty logical one, and I, you know, I'd be interested to see that happen. I mean, because I'd love to see more Catherine Hahn. Um, but yeah, I don't know really what it means to be honest <laughs> with you. And I, I, and I honestly like for the first time in a long time, I'm not really trying to figure it out ahead of time. To be honest mm. with you. Like, uh, obviously, you see that reveal and you're like, wow, that's pretty wild. Is is it like the, you know, multiverse? Is it pulling in the character from the X-Men, the you know, the Matthew Vaughn X-Men movies? Is it something else? Is it Or is this just literally like a joke like these, you know, sitcoms had, like how simply re they would recast someone and just move on? Right. Mm. You know, like that's that what I'm saying. Happen. Like, is it just a wink to the viewers that we know right. this guy is played? It, 
Quicksilver. That feels a little shallow right. for them, but I do think it could be something less like reality shaking than than people are right. assuming. It doesn't and maybe it doesn't need to be substantial. Maybe it is. I mean, it seems like I mean, I don't know. Like that would be kind of I, I feel like that would be kind of like a, a disappointment if It'd that was cheap. it to me personally. Yeah, very. And especially because, you know, his that Quicksilver was great in those X Men movies. Like he yeah. is great in those, you know, those two movies that he's in. Especially the first one. But I I, I don't really know. I mean, like, I'm, I'm kind of open to it being a big, big deal, but it's also, it could be something simple. I mean, but all, but admittedly, like I said, like, week to week, you know, this is the first experience for me with these, like, Marvel things. It's like, you know, between movies, we always talked about how the movies are, like, so episodic and they're, like, just a massive TV show. We have all this time to, like, yeah. think about what everything means and where is it going. But, like, I'm kind of along for this week to week ride of just being, like, Ah, I'm just gonna watch it in a couple of days and see what what fucking happens. Yeah, I like that a lot. Actually, it's nice. I think, man. That's, I think it's really fun that like yeah. now that it's kind of like gotten past episode four, you know, five, and you know, by the time this comes out, we'll know more. Yeah, you know, it's kind of kicked it up a bit, and I I really am digging kind of like how how much uh, the pacing has changed on the show, and like we really are kind of caught up to the time, and like we're not kind of bouncing in and out of you know somebody else's perspective in scenes that we've already seen. Yeah. But I, I'm very, very curious to see what that means. And uh, again, I would love to see what you're saying, Ronald, be true also, because I love Catherine Hahn and anything. And uh, she's been great in the show so far. So it'd be cool to see her. So, um, so question to yeah. both of you. Do you want to see more familiar favorites from Ooh. the X-Men movies pop up? Or do you want this to be somehow, even if even if he's Quicksilver, even if this is a multiverse thing, mm. do you want to see a contained thing where, the, where, where, where they still get to somehow down the road roll out and surprise us with new new castings, new characters, new, new ways of doing the X-Men? Like, do, do you want the Fox X-Men suddenly in your MCU? Is this like chocolate and peanut butter? Will it taste great together? It's a good question. I would say uh, maybe some of it. Uh, <laughs> I think we all know Hugh Jackman uh, and, and Patrick Stewart are, is who we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, you're like you want to see them all day. Uh, I don't know James you know, Marsden. But... I'd, I'd I'd like to see him get a chance to do Cyclops in like a really fun X Men movie. But I don't know something about that just feels. Yeah. What do you think, Ronald? Does it seem like the way they do it? Yeah, I, I think what's really cool, and, and this is kind of what we were talking about the DC versus Marvel thing. I hate you know I don't really like to pit them against each other, but they've also both tackled multiverses yeah and one of the things that i'm noticing is um you know they take something that you've known before like you know this everybody who's read a comic book these comic books knows about house of m and stuff like that and the vision comics and stuff like that and they take that and they flip it on its head with the resources that they have and they make it work in a really cool way so you know sure you know what happened if you look up yeah you can even look it up comic historian there's there's a lot of places that kind of describe the storyline the amalgamation being covered but the fact that you know we we see this character means that it's it's gonna happen in some way shape or form um and i i think I, we can bet something on this we're gonna see somebody from the old world back then i think we're gonna see somebody big i think maybe even somebody i'm thinking somebody from fantastic four some people think Magneto, um, just because of the story the, the, of the, the yeah in the X Men yeah. world. If, if people are listening or watching us on YouTube, hello. Um, I, I, is it weird for people to watch where we're never looking at our cameras? You know, is that just you're right. just used to this now? Um, but like, yeah, the idea is that 
Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were the only two characters that were really part of both packages because they were Avengers to begin with, but later in the comics they became mutants when it was revealed that they were Magneto's children. And I might be getting my timeline a little bit wrong, but right, th right. they were te technically part of the Avengers character package that Marvel retained the rights to, and they were part of the X-Men, Fantastic Four, whatever continuum package that the... That the um, uh, that Fox had, and that meant they were the two of the only characters that could be in both worlds. So you had a Scarlet yeah. Witch and a Quicksilver in the X Men movies, and then they had them in these movies too. The only difference was they wouldn't call them mutants in the MCU. I guess now they can do that. They can do all kinds of things they couldn't do before that are subtle. But yeah, bringing in like one of those actors is that's like a non subtle thing to do. That could be the yeah. character reveal we were talking about um, when we were saying what's going to be the supposed Luke Skywalker from Mandalorian uh, esque right. moment at the end of One Division's first season. What if it's you know what if it's Patrick Stewart? What if what if it's that oh. kind of reveal? Or, or so cool. James McAvoy or Ian McKellen or Michael yeah. Fassbender. I don't think it's any of those people because that kind of makes waves. I mean, there was actually news about Evan Peters being maybe on this project. There's been rumors, you know, because he was on the set or he was on a cast list or something. But people didn't know if he was going to be playing him, the character we know or something new. So, yeah, we don't know what they're doing. And you're right, Steve. They can keep all this under their hat because the way they market these series is not like marketing a movie where you have to really convince people of a lot. You just get people hooked on. Yep. It says Marvel. It's got the actors from the movies in it. Boom. I'm watching it. Um, each Done. week they reveal more of, um, I always say, like, this is what would be in the trailer if they were trying to market this whole idea. We would we would get, be getting hints of stuff that we just don't know yet because of the way this is being rolled out. And I think that yeah. that does make it fun. Um, did you guys see the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer? Yeah. I thought yeah. it looks good. Looks really good, man. Yeah. I... You know, I was I was thinking, man, these are going to be some some of the weaker characters, but they have a dynamic together, man. Like, and did I miss it? I mean, I, I did I miss it in Winter Soldier? Did I miss it in Civil War? Like, you get like it's, the it's setup a, of yeah, like Civil of, War. They kind of he, said, he just did, turns to him and uh, is it Sam says to Bucky, "I hate you," <laughs> when they're just yeah. sitting there together. I remember, yeah, man. but I but I, I think I the fact that they're both like the little bro of of Steve Rogers of and Steve Rogers, what I've heard yeah. is that even though at the end of Endgame it suggests that that Falcon is Captain America now, they said in the world of the show you realize that 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 issue is not so settled that that's actually kind of a through going idea is like does falcon have right. the right to call himself captain america and if not him who um so maybe bucky is a little chapped about that but those two guys are i mean they're good actors and seeing them have some comic energy and some charge yeah i agree with you in a sense ronald that like i realized there was more there than i thought as far as like the potential of it but this yeah. feels like espionage i mean this movie this show feels like it might have some of the fun thriller aspects that the winter soldier movie had it that feels like it's yeah. in that zone a little yeah, a little more grounded winter soldier Love the Winter Soldier. I, and you love it. You love you love to see it on the screen and like the date is like a month away. Yeah. Yeah. You love it. You got to got to love that. It, it's it's so crazy the way that Disney Disney hit us over the head this year. They like they took a year off and it seemed like, look, COVID changed things for a lot of companies. They they fell back a little bit. They got their ducks in a row and then they just started hitting us with these bombshells and they keep coming. And, and the idea that, like, these are serving the film as well is insane. Mm -hmm. And there's there's reactions and, and timelines that intersect with films. This is insane. And I'm really enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. So I feel yeah, like you, Steve. I'm, I'm guessing as I go along. Aaron yeah, will sometimes yeah. 
rub you know, she'll like shake my shoulder and say hey i think that this and you know it's cool to go back and forth <laughs> but yeah it's nice to just be like i don't know what the hell's gonna happen next yeah yeah it's cool very cool <clears throat> um so what else anything else you guys want to mention um did you guys watch young Rock? we talked to oh <laughs> I, I did not oh, watch okay. it no you guys can mention it though did you did you watch it I, I watched Young Rock and uh, the Keenan show. Okay, let's maybe we could talk about Keenan first since we both saw it. Uh, let's keep this brief too. Okay. Yes, yeah. um, I feel like the Keenan thing. Uh, it felt so piloty to me, man. It felt yeah. like there's no way this show, if it's going to retain, if it's going to stay on, it has to find a rhythm and a footing beyond uh, beyond what I saw in that first episode because the the performers are there, the potential for like a pretty standard kind of sitcom are there, but it felt really. Just from the production values on down, it felt really rough to me. I don't yeah. know if I was just not not in the mood for it, but it felt like it wanted to be a traditional sitcom with a studio audience. Instead, it's a single camera thing, and it just doesn't feel like it's got the vibe of a. It's like the vibe of a, of a laugh track sitcom, but in single camera form. And yeah, it. it I love Keenan Thompson. It did not work. Me for too. Me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I hate when death is used as a cheap tool to make you feel something for a character, and this is. This ain't it. That's yeah. all. Yeah. This ain't it. When you said it made you sad earlier, I was like, I'll hold this for the podcast. I didn't know if you meant because of its quality or because it dealt with death. <laughs> and now I'm understanding you meant the quality. So <laughs> I'm glad. Yes. Yes. It made me so sad. Yeah. Um, and then Young Rock, um, a semi-autobiographical or pretty biographical. You know, he's taken some liberties, but um, this show kind of takes place in 2035 um the rock is running for president and <laughs> he's being interviewed by randall park yes seemingly as is, himself right like yeah, he's playing randall park who, who yeah. is randall park and he is he mentions every second that he used to be an actor and now he's he's like a prestigious interviewer that's hilarious yeah i and love so, it i love it He's interviewing The Rock, and The Rock is giving his story. Kind of like, you know, he's he's a guy that people are familiar with, but they don't really know much about his his personal life. And he is tackling it through these three timelines that are intersecting, kind of. And uh it's I'm 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 on board, man. I you know, I, I actually watched the first three, you know, it's scattered. So it's the first two and then the six. But yeah. The, the first episode um, is incredible. I, I you know, it, it has some flaws to it, but if if you look at your parents as superheroes, this uh, will this will tug at your this will tug at your heartstrings, man. Especially since this man was literally around superheroes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Andre the Giant, the the players in it that play the WWE stars, from Andre the Giant to Iron Sheik. Uh, Randy Savage. These are perfectly cast, and his dad, um, Rocky Johnson, perfectly casted people. If you look at these people on the internet versus who they are in the show, it's like night. It, it, it's it's so similar. It's crazy, man. Yeah, so. I, I I don't know if I enjoyed it quite as much as you did. I do think it felt kind of piloty to me too, particularly the wraparound segments, the way they're filmed and the rhythm of them. All right, right, it really right, felt right. like it needed a studio. Like it's almost like there there are pauses for laughs or something. Um, yeah. And I don't know that Dwayne Johnson, who can be a great actor, I don't know that he always nails like the comedic tone of some of those moments. But I think it's an intriguing idea, and I think this idea of the 
the, I mean, the way the segments are filmed, I felt those felt a little more self-assured, the, the actual parts of his life that we were getting into. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But I would watch the second one just to see how it progresses. I honestly think for wrestling fans, this might be a more oh, meaningful man. show. I will say that one of my Definitely. favorite moments is is wrestling-centered, though. There's an Andre Giant, Andre the Giant moment in the first episode Ooh. with Dwayne uh, when he's a little boy. That was yeah. great. I mean, honestly, it was my favorite moment in the whole episode that yeah. I saw. And it was really like... Yeah, that was fun. So I, I have a feeling it and, and the wraparound, the the humor of it being Randall Park and them commenting on his career, little things like that. There's a there's a silliness in this, too, that feels uh, like it could grow and it could be very enjoyable. But I don't know if there was just something about the way it hung together that felt a little bit like it hasn't found its pace yet. But pilots of sitcoms are always that way. They're always yeah, like yeah. proof of concept with a little something extra, you know, and yeah. I think this one does. It does indicate to me there's a show there. So, yeah. You can you can tell by the by the pilot that they saw that Andre the Giants. You'll see. Okay. No, I'm I'm, I'm happy yeah, to watch yeah. more. But that the, you, cool, the moment cool. you know the moment that moment is incredible. Yeah. That moment just yeah. really really works. So I I enjoyed it, man. Um, the yes. So young young rock, please check it out. And that starts next week, right? Yes. yes I think those um, come February sixteenth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's weekly. It's it'll be released weekly. Cool. On week two, something will replace the Keenan show. Uh, I, I predict, <laughs> but maybe I'm guaranteed. Wrong. I mean, honestly, guaranteed. episode two of the Keenan show could be like boom. You know, sitcoms are like that. Like you just never yeah. know. But this, yeah, they recast very late in the process. Don Johnson over Andy Garcia, and seeing oh. this makes me wonder, like, how bad was Andy Garcia? <laughs> if this is the improvement. Um, yeah, but uh, Don Johnson. I mean, again, I like Chris Red. I like all the people that are on on the Keenan show. So I would hope that it kind of you know shakes off those doldrums me too but the young rock is a much more promising one yeah cool <clears throat> okay that's a lot uh steve you yeah, that's everything man watch anything else um i mean we talked about mentioning malcolm and marie on netflix um i wasn't really a fan of that movie man i really like it really it? took a lot it really took a lot for me to get through it i gotta be honest with you man i am out on john david washington really? i i am out like I'll, I'll I'll acknowledge like he's he is better in this than he's been in anything else I think, but um, the only thing that kept me going with this movie is Zendaya like who is amazing. She like her performance is is a period like this this movie is her performance to me at least. Yeah. Um. There's something that she's got going on that just really kind of drives this movie through. You know, for being as you know, it's not even that long of a movie, but it kind of. It kind of felt like a lot of spinning wheels to me and like a lot of like revisiting the same hate and toxicity in a relationship that is like really hard to watch from the screen and them kind of going back and forth in these arguments like it just it just felt like they were mining the same trauma from their relationship over and over again and that was hard to see um just you know having been in past relationships that were not healthy and things like that like or a past relationship that was not healthy it was like um you know definitely hit close to home in some ways. Um, but seeing like the same thing over and over, I just felt like the, the arguments felt more like monologues to me instead of like active arguments, you know, where you hear two sides of this relationship consistently. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't dislike it like straight yeah. out. I didn't hate this movie. Like I, I definitely was looking forward to it more. I really do like Sam Levinson and a lot of he's a lot that he's done. I liked Assassination Nation. I like Euphoria. Like I, but I don't know. I was really curious to see if like he would turn for me like in this. Uh, 
John David Washington, but talking about Tenant like a couple weeks ago, and uh, you I don't wrote. Know, I just I, I I just I can't get I can't get I can't get behind this guy. Like I'm a little worried that he's getting he's got that nepotism going on. Like he's he's kind of getting these he's kind of getting these green lights because of who his dad is. I don't know, but. You know, you know what you're experiencing. I, I can't help that you're experiencing something from a few years ago that I suffered from. It's called Joseph Gordon-Levitt syndrome, of just oh, being okay. afraid an actor yeah. that you don't particularly care for is about to be cast in something, <laughs> and you're going to care. I will say I've warmed up to him a little bit, so maybe maybe there's the right role f- for John David Washington. But I kind, well, of, I kind of agree was, with like, you. Yeah, no, he's had the opportunity. I, I liked him on. Yeah. I liked him on Ballers a yeah. lot. Okay, you know? yeah, like I thought he was great on Ballers. Which was like, oh, I like this dude a lot. And then I start seeing him in these big profile, high profile movies. And I'm like, I don't know if I like this dude. And, you know, and I think that the problem that I had with him in this film or this role specifically was like a lot of his performance to me just felt like he was just like yelling a lot. You know, like I feel like he, I I don't really, I I don't, I didn't feel the emotion coming from him that I felt coming from Zendaya. Like every time they go back and forth, I'm just like. She just slayed him. Like, this yeah, is done. Yeah. Like, not even in their context of their argument, just in the performances, you know, mm. of this, like, this this is a twofer. You only see these two people this whole movie. And, like, you know, I, I and I do think maybe, like, I, I know this movie hasn't been, like, super well-received because a lot of what the filmmaker or the writer or the director is saying about film critics and things like that in this movie, there's a lot of it's being tied to him and some issues he's had with some of his criticisms himself yeah. in life. Which is problematic, and I can understand that. But you know, but I do think her performance is great, and I would not be shocked if like she stays around the conversation for some sort of, you know, nominations and things like that. Because I love her, like legitimately, I love her in Euphoria, like the Spider-Man movies, anything she's in. I think she is like top notch. She's like a future star. She is a star, but I mean, she is the future star. I think of of a certain generation, and like you know, I can't wait to see what she's in next. Did you you liked it more, Ronald? Like you were you were yeah, into it? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, you know, it was long, man. Like I, I think right. so, sometimes, uh, I what I want. I, so I thought that John David did a really good job, but what I want sometimes is for him to find this cool subtlety subtlety in his performance that's what i want what she what she has what she like, has so she just sits in that bathtub and watches him try to tear her down yeah. and then just like yeah. doesn't say a word but he's not i don't think he has that like counter to mm. her really in the movie that's interesting but i know what you're saying i'm sorry to mean to interrupt you go ahead the, the subtlety yeah subtlety now, let me ask you a question steve you know watch it john did you see it Mm-mm. if you could hot swap Another actor that you think could go toe to toe with Zendaya, who would you hot swap? <laughs> we talked about this with Tenet. My guy is Stephen James. Oh, oh my God. That's my guy, dude. Like I, I want him. I want him in these John David roles. Oh, he would have. He would have. Oh, he would have tore this. Just thinking about him in season one of Homecoming. You made like, me. You made me feel crazy. <laughs> he said it like, oh yeah. He would. He would have killed this role. Like you watch him, I, I feel like that emotion with him. I yeah. don't really feel the emotion from from. John. I don't know. I'm sorry, but that that that, that he'd be my pick. No, I, I want to see him in everything. It's weird that you're saying he yells in this because normally he's one note in the other direction. He's kind of whispery and quiet, you know. So it's yeah. interesting that that he would be. This like, was kind of. Like an amp, this was he's kinda, got a volume setting. He turned it yeah. up for this one. It was like yeah. somebody heard that he heard that note, and he was like, you know, every scene, <laughs> every time I talk, 
And, you know, sometimes it felt like he was swallowing his words, which got kind of weird for me, too. Like yeah. Zendaya, you know, you can hear everything she was saying. Sometimes he'd be, he'd be like, I, you know, it'd be a lot of that. And I'm like, what did he just yeah. say? Like, I got, I had to rewind a couple times. Um, but I liked it. I, I, I liked it. I've been liking these play style films. You know, I've, I've yeah, seen I quite say, a that, few. That is kind of, yeah. that is kind of like a, I, I did enjoy that part of it. Like that, that idea of like, you're just sticking with these two people for the movie. Yeah. This back and forth does work, and I, and I will say, like, I may be out on him, but I do think this is this is probably one of his better performances in movies. You know, like Absolutely. beyond me loving him in Ballers, he does do something different in this movie that I think he hasn't even tapped into in Tenet or in Black Klansman. Yeah. There's something happening in here that maybe is a sign of another. You know, may, maybe the next movie. You know, I'll, I'll change my mind, but yeah, the whole time I'm watching, I'm just thinking like, who else would have been like a match for her, and. You know, other other names pop to mind, but like he's always the guy for me. Mm. Or um, yeah, I don't know. He's just he's so good. Or Jonathan Majors. Um, that's uh, again, yeah. Like he would destroy that role. <laughs> oh God. He would have been amazing in that movie. Yeah. But I don't know. I would I would recommend checking it out, John. I mean, and I and I, it's an interesting movie in the least because you know you have like two, these two like stars, you know, like up and coming stars, and even the filmmaker himself is like. You know, yeah. kind of one of these guys that kind of like are getting bigger and bigger, you know, as he goes along. Mm-hmm. Um, so just for the conversation, you know, because it is it is kind of like something that people are talking a lot about. It's It's been a big hit on Netflix, apparently. You know, it's like was number one over the weekend. It came out. Yeah. Um, but Zendaya is like, she's amazing. God, she's amazing. Yeah, that's insane. Insane. <laughs> I I, I, a, I like this turn on John David, but I I I think that he's going to win you back at some point. He lost. I hope me with he does. Tenet. He lost maybe, me with ten. Maybe they'll maybe they'll make a Ballers movie and that'll that'll get me back. <laughs> and then cross over with Entourage somehow. There it is. There it is. There it is. You just did it. Yep. There we Peter Berg will direct it. Mark Wahlberg produces it. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. A cop um, a cop movie a buddy movie with him and Joseph Gordon Levitt. There it is. Where John. you have one guy who's a little bit too theatrical, no matter what he does, and another guy who's either talking down or yelling. I think that sounds yelling! like yeah. That sounds like a movie. Let's do it. Let's do it. It, w- it was an interesting movie to watch. Like I, was, I just had beautiful. trouble getting through. Well, it was it. shot under interesting conditions, right? It kind of made the news yeah, because it like, was like a COVID shoot. It was one of the COVID, first big yeah, like yeah. we're going to make a movie and here's how we're doing it. And I remember reading about the protocols, and that's that's honestly the main reason I was curious about this. But I agree with you, Sindaya right. is like one of those actresses that you just you're interested in what she's doing because she's always doing something interesting. And I know that's yeah. yeah, a statement that kind of folds in on itself, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Oh, who knew yeah. if you, if you're interesting, people will be interested. She, she does it. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Man. Yeah. That's what Netflix now. I mean, if you haven't heard of that one, Malcolm Marie is on Netflix for streaming, um, came out last week, but I think that'll probably wrap it up. You yeah, guys have anything lot. else you want to mention? No, that's, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a whole that's, lot. That's of, a, that's a whole yeah. lot of episode. Um, so just to recap real quick. So, Judas and the Black Messiah is on HBO Max today in theaters as well. Barb and Stargo to Vista Del Mar is on any kind of the PVOD over-the-top services. Apple, Fandango, any of those if you um, buy or rent your movies that way. And then um, Malcolm and Marie are, uh, is streaming on Netflix now. And then next week, the 16th, I think the two episodes that John and Ronald talked about, um, the Keenan Show and Young Rock will be coming out on NBC Um I think is it. Do we talk about anything else? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. 
That's a good that's recap. It. Yeah, so that's where you can find everything that we talked about. Um, if you check any of them out, let us know what you think of it. You can comment on the, the post. If you follow us on Facebook, you can email us at movieshmovie at gmail.com. Um, or you could even leave a review on this Please. podcast, on Apple Podcasts. You know, saying, hey, I agreed with this movie's review, or I didn't like this one, but I love the podcast. We'd love to see that. Yeah. Um, or with a star rating, anything like that, it would be appreciated. Um, yeah, so we'll be back next week um, with some... We're going to be talking about... Actually, a movie I've been looking forward to, um, Silk Road, which is coming out from Lionsgate, finally. Um, this is a movie... Um, directed by Tiller Russell, who who recently did the, the Night Stalker series on Netflix, which was really great. If you guys haven't seen that, mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't think I mentioned that on the show, but that was great. Um, no, it was. Uh, so yeah, that's his like I think that's his feature directorial debut um, coming out next week, called Silk Road. We'll talk about that next week, and I'm sure we'll do a little more catch up on Wandavision because we'll watch the episode that comes yeah. out today <laughs> as you hear this. Um, well, I'll be talking about the dramatic guys... appearance of Halle Berry as Storm. Right. Storm, <laughs> How... that would be nuts. <laughs> it would be awful. <laughs> no, don't don't put that into the world, John. The the, the one MC, the one Marvel yeah. person listening to this podcast are gonna be like, oh, get it, get it, Famke Jansen. Oh my god, you know that's <laughs> all right. No, fine actors, but uh, not the best. Uh, so yeah, so that's gonna wrap up this episode. Uh, again, moviesmovie.com is the website. You can subscribe to the podcast on any of the podcast platforms that are out there. We should be on all of them. If we're not, please let us know so that we can make sure that we get there. Um, we'll talk to you guys next week. And as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye. Hashtag free Britney. <laughs> <laughs>